God's blessing, and we, we ask God's blessing on this little, this little girl. We have been for the last number of weeks now, for three weeks, we have seen some of what God's Word says about the blessed life. This little girl doesn't even realize it yet, but she's already experiencing the blessed life, in part, in large part, because of her parents and serving Him. We've seen in the Bible, we've seen in recent weeks how how the word bless, both Old and New Testament, means to be in God's favor, to be set apart by God, to be valued by God, and it's a relational thing. God did not just bless anyone. It wasn't random. It wasn't a little bit here, a little bit there, and really no seeming pattern to it. Rather, it was people who were in right relationship with God, People, because they were in relationship with him, they were sensitive to his voice, and then God did something in them. He set them apart. He valued them. He called them to a specific purpose. He blessed them. That is the word that is used again and again, about 500 times, 496 times in Scripture. It's relational. We have seen how God's blessings sometimes come in ways we don't expect. And sometimes in forms we may not like. There are, there are some blessings that come our way and they don't look like blessings to begin with, but in hindsight, in the big picture, we see that God still had a purpose and a plan. We have seen in God's Word, we have seen in God's Word how, how it, it, the, the blessing is more in the giving than in the, the getting. Blessing. We see it again and again. In fact, we say it a lot to each other. God bless you. God's blessings be on you. Sometimes we sign off letters that way. This morning and in recent weeks, as I have brought these messages, um, I have to tell you that as I've been preparing this and and, and very prayerfully preparing this, I have a, a renewed and I think a greater desire to see God's blessing on my life. I really do. I desire God's blessings on my life. Do you want that too? Do you really really desire, God, I don't know all that you have for me, but I want you to bless me, whatever that means. And, And hopefully now we know a little bit more of what it means, but I want God's blessings on my life. And I really want that on your life as well. Whatever he has for us, whatever form it takes, to be so in right relationship with Him, which is the greatest blessing, by the way, the greatest blessing that you will ever experience is new life in Jesus Christ. That's number one. But after that, because I'm in right relationship with Him, so that I can receive and give His blessings. You see, one of the purposes that God created you is to bless you and to make you a blessing. I'm going to say that again. One of God's purposes in creating you is to bless you and to make you a blessing. Uh, We have read it before a number of times, and um, uh, one more time I'd like to read it. It's in Genesis 12. If you have your Bibles, you can certainly turn there. And, but but here, here it is, one more time. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, read this way. The Lord said to Abraham, 
Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, so you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's a powerful text. We've looked at it a couple of times, but I want you to notice, please, the sequence again. We, had, we saw how God made Abraham, created him, and, and then created a people from him, his descendants. But God made Abraham and then called Abraham and then blessed Abraham so he would bless those around him. You see the, you see the process, the, the, the order there in that verse. God made, God called, God blessed, and then God made him and them, the people of Israel, God made them a blessing. So we see this. God creating someone or God creating something to bless and then to make a blessing. You see, here's here's where we kind of get it messed up a little bit. Maybe when you heard that we were going to be looking at this series, The Blessed Life, that you perhaps thought that it was all about you receiving something, but that's only part of it. God does want to give you some things, but He desires to give you those things so that you can bless those around you. If we only receive His blessings, there's something wrong. It's only part of the process. In fact, I think one of the greater parts of the process is not just in the getting, but again, in the giving. This morning I want to share from God's Word again. All of this is from God's Word. It better be because that's all we have. It's, it's, it's the only thing of power that we can proclaim in a time like this. But one of the most effective ways in which we can bless others, and it is all about blessing others, is with our words. We can and we should bless others with our words. There's a a text, it's in Proverbs chapter 18. I love the book of Proverbs. There are 31 of them, and I encourage you, maybe as a part of your devotionals uh, in the morning or evening, whenever you do it, just read the corresponding proverb for the day. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. It's very brief. Let me read it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. If you you have your Bibles with you, feel free to even underline that verse in your Bibles because it, it gives us a very powerful truth. The book of James in the New Testament tells us a great deal about the power of the tongue. Do you know that the tongue is one of the smallest organs in the body? It's one of the smaller muscles in the body, but it has such power. As it says here, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. There's a great example of this, again, also in the Old Testament. A great example of this is in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, where God was speaking to to Moses and uh, telling Moses that the priests that he oversaw were to speak this blessing over the people of Israel. He said this, this is how you are 
to bless the Israelites. God is speaking. He says, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say or speak to them with your mouth. Speak to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now for those of you this morning who grew up in a little bit more of a liturgical church, and so much of liturgy is very good, but if you, if you grew up in that, this is a very familiar phrase. You may have heard it before, or you've had it prayed over you, and you didn't really know where it's from. It's from Numbers chapter 6. It was, again, given by God to Moses. Moses said that the priests were to speak this, speak them over the people. Now, here's the thing. I don't know how often the priests would speak these things over the people. I don't know if it was every day. I don't know if it was once a month. I don't know if it was once a year at certain seasons. I don't know exactly how often they were to speak this blessing over the people. But here's what I think. As the priests kept saying it and speaking it and the people kept hearing it, they began to believe it. I I think that they started, you know internalizing some of these things. God blesses us. Because we hear it all the time. God blesses us and he keeps us. This, this, this is not talking about some far distant God who is unaware or uncaring or uncommitted to us, but rather he's a God who keeps us. They, they heard this on regular occasions. They would hear that his face shines on us. That's not some distant God. That's not somebody far removed from where we live. But this is a God whose very face shines on us. He's gracious to us. He turns his face toward us, not away from us, toward us. And he gives us peace. I think as the people heard this again and again and again, this this declaration, this spoken blessing, I can't help but wonder if they begin to understand God in a greater way. This is a God who's intimate. This is a God who cares. This is a God who is compassionate. This is a God who is gracious to us. There's a lot of life in those words. really is. There's a lot. Remember in Proverbs 18 it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. But but there's a lot of life in these words here from Numbers chapter 6. A lot of life there. Um. You just saw some parents up here, but there's a lot of parents here today. Some of you have children that are, that are of comparable age to the Andersons, maybe some younger, some older, some long since grown up. I want to speak to the parents here for a moment, or even parents-to-be. Parents, I'm going to speak directly to you. What will happen? What will happen when you pray something like this over your children each day? I wonder what would happen if parents, not with these same words, but with the same sentiment or some of the same words, I wonder what would happen if parents in the morning lay their hands on their children and say something like this, may may the Lord bless you and keep you, may he make his face to shine upon you and, and be gracious to you, turn his face toward you and give you peace. What would happen if a parent lays their hand on their child in the morning and says, God be with you today. May he give you favor. 
May he give you peace in your heart. May he give you the right connections with the right people. May God protect you in every day. I wonder what would happen if parents did that every morning. Here's what, if, if, they've, if that's never happened to them, I, I was kind of thinking about this, and, and you know, if tomorrow morning you get up, school's underway now, you have kids still at home, you know, if they're 14, 15, 16 years old, here's probably what's going to happen. If you've never done that before, and you stand up and you lay hands on them and you pray for them, or around a, a breakfast table, you reach around and you get, grab hands, and you start praying as the, as the godly father, the godly mother, and you begin praying, I'll tell you what, here's what they're going to do. First of all, they're going to roll their eyes. This is so weird what they're going to do and the next day they're going to go we're doing this again and the third day and the fourth day but let me tell you what else is going to happen in time those kids are going to start hearing God's blessing on them they're going to hear audibly hear God favoring God God speaking to their parents giving them favor setting them apart They're going to hear a godly father or mother do what godly fathers and mothers are called to do, and that is to speak blessing over their children. And I promise you this, I promise you this, in time, it will become one of the most significant moments of their day. I I don't remember one occasion in which my parents ever stood over me and prayed this prayer. But I do remember a lot of prayers like it. Around a breakfast table, following a time of reading a chapter of the Bible, and then we grabbing hands or kneeling down in our chairs and hearing my father ask God's blessing on our family. I truly believe that One of the key reasons in which my brother and I are serving Jesus Christ today is because we heard that daily blessing. And I challenge every parent here, particularly those who are younger. You saw the Bible, junior Bible quiz demonstration. Powerful ministry. Why? Because it gets the word in their heart. But how about parents speaking the word of God over their children? God bless my son and my daughter today. Wait a minute, what what if your children are grown up and they're a long way from home? Well, listen, try this. The next time they come back and visit, before they leave, say, I want to do something very special for you. Because we can't change the past, right? There's some parents here who would say, I sure would like to have done that. I can't do it. But try this. The next time they come home, before they leave, just say, you know what? Uh, There's something I'd like to do before you leave. I'd like to lay my hands on you and pray for you. You know what they'll do? They might roll their eyes and go, oh, my mom and dad are so weird. Just get, get through it. Do it anyway. Lay your hands on them and say, Lord, as they make their way, protect them, but I ask your blessing upon them. Give them favor. Give them protection. Use them. Draw them closer to you. I ask your blessing upon them today. And then give them a hug, get them out of the house, and then go, it's peaceful again in our house. Why not? Why not? 
Why not ask God's blessing? How about this? Business owners, you have a business. You have people that are working for you. You have people that you lead, people that you oversee. You have a lot of responsibility. What would be wrong with before everyone else gets there, you go out and you stand in the middle of that shop or the middle of that floor, the middle of that business, the middle of that office, the the middle of that farm or that ranch, and you ask God's blessing, speak God's blessing over it. What would be wrong with that? You know, I've done that with many of you. Start a new business and I've come and I've held your hands and we've prayed together and we've dedicated that place to you. Those of you who are farmers, every year I drive around. Sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not. I stop anyway. I, I, I don't, uh, what, what was it? I think a year or two ago, I was at, I was at Norm Gennerke's, uh, Norman Ellen's house, and I went into a shop. I didn't know that they were there, and he thought somebody was breaking into his shop. I was just praying, Norm. Why? Because we need God's blessing on our businesses. You see a Honda pickup at your house, it's probably me. Don't shoot, okay? It's asking God's blessing. What's wrong? What's wrong with us speaking God's blessing? We should do it. We can do it. Because there's power. There's the power of life and death in the tongue. That's what the Word says. And when we as spirit-filled, Bible-believing followers of Jesus Christ who've been washed in His blood, sanctified by the Lamb, when we say, oh God, I commit this place to you. And you may have done it a hundred times before, but it needs it again. And you pray for it. Dedicate it to the Lord. Mrs. Johnson was at a store, grocery store. She was pushing a stroller with her two young sons inside. Going down one aisle, she encountered another woman, a neighbor, Mrs. Miller, who said, Well, good morning, Mrs. Johnson. What beautiful boys they are. Or what beautiful boys you have. How old are they? Mrs. Johnson replied. She looked down at her sons. She pointed to one and she says, Well, The future doctor here is two, and uh, tomorrow the future lawyer is going to be one year old. Now, let me just be very clear on something here. The the height of, of professions is not doctor and lawyer, but I like what that mother was doing. She was speaking something. Now, you're going, now that is just... What if the kid wants to be something else? Well, certainly they can be, but I like what that mother was doing. That mother was, was in, in a sense, speaking some life into those boys. Now, now, they're a year and two years old. They don't know what a doctor is. They don't know what a lawyer is. They don't care what they are. But in time, if she keeps doing that, she's speaking life. In. Now, you say, that sounds weird, but you know what? I've heard this in grocery store. Hey, listen, you little idiot. Come over here. I was at a store year and a half ago, and I heard just one aisle over this mother calling her child the most horrible words imaginable. Words that I've never used and I'm not going to use now, but do do you know what she was doing? She, she, She was actually cursing her children. She was cursing them. You are good for nothing. You'll never amount to anything. You are an absolute idiot. 
Every one of us parents can look back at some point and we say, we, I wish I could pull some words back. We can't, but I'll tell you what, I know what's going forward. I'm going to speak powerful truths over my children. And I encourage you as parents, as grandparents, as people who have a significant influence on younger people in your home, regardless of their age, speak God's truth over them. Speak life into them. father once introduced his child to me the last one introduced was in a, this was some time ago but the father was intro, I had not met the family he introduced himself his wife and then he went down his kids the last one introduced was an adult son who was considerably shorter than a, an average young man at his age when the father introduced that child to me he said this and here is the runt of the litter, and then he gave his son's name. I watched as this was happening, and that, that young man, an adult, when he said that, he just kind of put his head down, kind of smiled a little bit, but he, in my, right in front of my eyes, he died a little bit. I got talking with him later on, and I pulled him aside, and we were talking, and I was... We had a person that we knew in common, and I, I, I just said something that, um, I, I said something that a line that I heard a lot growing up. My dad, by the way, is very short. My dad is about five foot four, five foot five. My dad actually says he's five foot nine because that's what Uncle Sam measured him at when he went in the army. I think he slipped him a twenty to put five foot nine on there. My dad's very short. My dad used to say this line. He would point to his, his height. He says, you don't measure a man here. And then he'd point to his mind. He says, you don't measure a man here. He'd point to his heart. This is how you measure a man. And so I said that to this young man. I said, you know what? So you're shorter than average. Big deal. That's not how you measure a person. You don't measure them by a height, and you don't measure them by the, the smarts. You measure a person by their heart. And it was an amazing thing. I kind of watched this guy, and he kind of lived a little bit. See, there's power in our words. There's power in our words. That's why when we misuse these words, they can be so devastating, so destructive. Listen, there are things that we call curse words, certain words that are with a definite, you know, and, and, when, and it's, it's, they're, they're bad words and we shouldn't use them. But there are sometimes things that we would not classify as curse words that can still be used as a curse towards people. And we as followers of Jesus Christ must understand that there is power, there is power in the tongue. There is death and there is life in the tongue. And may God use us. This is why, this is why, um, this is why gossip is so destructive. This is why lies are so destructive. Because there's power in our tongue. There's power in our words. I wonder what happened to a man named Simon. He was a fisherman, and he just met a man named Jesus. He'd never seen anybody like him before, but this man named Jesus gave him a new name. He says, from now on, you're going to be known as Peter, which means rock. I wonder what happened to that man who we now know as Peter. What happened inside of him when Jesus, this great rabbi, spoke to him and says, you're going to be a rock. There's power in words. I wonder what happened when, when a man named Jacob, and Jacob, the, the name Jacob means slippery or sneaky or treacherous. That's what Jacob means. 
I wonder what happened when God gave him a new name and said, from now on you're known as Israel. We're going to name a people after you. I wonder what happened inside of him. Bless people. My friends, bless people with your words. Tell them. Speak to them. I can't wait to see what you're going to become. I know this is a really difficult, horrible, difficult time right now, but I'm trusting that God is going to bring you through. You realize what just happened? You bless them with your words. Or it will be amazing to see what God will do through this challenging time in your life, but I'm believing that Jesus is going to be, bring you through. What happens? You just spoke blessing into that person's life. Now, some of you may be thinking, I can't do that. That is just not me. Well, let me tell you something. It will be difficult the first time. It will be very, very difficult. For some of you who have used your words or held withheld your words, it's going to be very difficult to do what I have suggested. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be new. It's, it's like learning anything new. It's really awkward at first to start blessing someone, especially so if you have used words that have essentially cursed them. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, I am confident that you can and you will bless people with your words. Proverbs 11, verses 25 and 26 say this, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Remember, we're talking about the blessed life, and I desire that you have a blessed life. And there's something that I have found. When we bless other people with our words, a blessing comes back to us. Why? It says, whoever brings blessings will be enriched. One who waters will himself be watered. I have found that when you're struggling with something, you're down about something, go and bless someone and you will be blessed. You want to live the blessed life? Stop living like it's all about you. And start ministering to others and you will receive a great blessing. You want to receive God's blessing? Bless others in His name. Bless those you love. Bless those who are precious to you. Bless those over whom you have great influence or leadership. But I want you to also do this. Bless those who hurt you. Bless those who hurt you. you know, it's one thing to, to bless someone that we really care about, maybe a little bit awkward at first, but it's one thing to do that. But it's another to, with our words, bless those who hurt us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Christians are, specifically Christians, are instructed on how to respond to those who oppose or attack you for your faith in Jesus Christ. Here's what it says. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. What does this mean? It means when somebody attacks you for your faith in Jesus Christ, instead of responding in kind, do what is totally against our human nature and bless them instead. When someone hurts you, don't do the natural. Don't do the thing that's going to initially feel really, really good. Instead, bless them. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 14, is very similar. It contains the same message. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Well, now, now, you know, you see those verses in front of you and you hear them and you're going, oh, that's, that's really good, but it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem very, it looks good in writing, but it's not very realistic. Jesus did it. Do you remember hanging on the cross, he prayed for those who had just crucified him there. The people that had nailed him there, he said this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He blessed them. Hanging on the cross in absolute agony, Jesus, instead of going silent or bringing down horrible words upon them, it says he blessed them. Even in death, Jesus blessed them. Now maybe you think, well, yeah, that's Jesus. He's unique. He's God. Of course, he's in a class by himself. Yet, the very first Christian martyr, or the first recorded Christian martyr in the book of Acts, a man named Stephen, just before he died, just before he died, prayed this, Father, do not hold this sin against him. As they were throwing rocks at his, de- at his head, as they were killing him by stoning, a horrific way to die, the Bible says he prayed, Father, do not hold this sin against them. He blessed them. There are times when people are going to hurl some things at you. Not stones, but words. It's the preferred thing that people throw at each other. Sometimes it's written down. Sometimes it's texted. Sometimes it's put on Facebook so that everybody can see it. Words are powerful. There's life and death in words. When someone hurts you, when someone offends you, bless them. Bless them. Now let me tell you something. People who are hard and resistant to the gospel, the thing that is going to open them will be Christians who, when persecuted, bless rather than curse. That's what's going to open up their heart. People that are so resistant, people that are hardened to God, who people you think will never come to Christ. Let me tell you the thing that's going to open them up. It's how you respond when they attack you. You're saying, again, that sounds really good. Well, I just referenced this guy, Stephen, a little bit ago, the guy who was killed by rocks. There was another guy standing nearby. His name was Saul. He was a chief persecutor of the Jews. He was one of the persons who rounded up the Christians so that they could be stoned. He was standing there, but I believe God did something in his heart because a few chapters later, that same Saul came to Jesus Christ. He became Paul, and God used him to write about half of your New Testament. Why? How is it that somebody who is so resistant to the good news of Jesus Christ could be broken? Because I think in part, in part because he saw a man who when attacked, blessed instead of cursed. You have seen, I have seen some of these horrific pictures, images of people, Christians who are being rounded up in places like Syria and Iraq and Sudan and Libya and perhaps other places and and, and having a gun to their head or their heads removed from their shoulders. Here's what I'm thinking is happening, and you'll never see it in the news. But I believe that there are some of those Christians who are praying for their accusers, who are praying for their persecutors. And I believe that this great, huge, 
a seemingly insurmountable thing called Islam is going to be broken because of the blood of martyrs who bless rather than curse. Well, we may not be facing that ourselves, but you will have opportunity when people throw things at you to bless them rather than curse them. As Christians, we need to do more than just sing amazing grace. We need to live and give amazing grace. By the way, there will be people who will not reconcile with you. There will be people that are angry at you, that when you try and contact them, they will not respond. They will not reply. They will not get with you. When that happens, I have something for you to do. Pray for them and bless them. When the enemy brings that image back to your mind of that person that that doesn't like you or that person that will not, refuses to reconcile with you, when the enemy brings that back to your mind, instead of giving in to that and saying that dirty, rotten scoundrel, instead of saying that or thinking that, then do this, God bless them today. It'll do two things. Number one, it'll make the enemy furious because instead of what he wanted you to do, you didn't do. And secondly, it'll do an amazing thing in your heart. There are some of you that have been angry or hurt at someone or something, some entity for a long time, and you need to bless instead of curse. Ask God's blessing. The blessed life. The blessed life. Next week, I'm not going to be talking about the blessed life, although in one sense I suppose we are because the blessed life is proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ in whatever form or whatever happens to be from the Word. That's a part of it. But today we've been talking about the blessed life. Do you want the blessed life? Do you want a blessed life? Really in your heart, just answer that question. Do you really want a blessed life? Well, I have an assignment for you. Here it is. Homework. (laughs) Oh, man. I thought I didn't get homework on the weekend. Well, you're getting it this weekend. Here's some homework for you. Two things. Number one, this week, no exceptions. If you're here, I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm going to give you very clearly this directive. Number one, bless at least one person close to you. Pull them aside and say, you know what, I just want to pray for you. I just want to ask God's blessing on you. There are some husbands here who have never prayed over their wives. This week that's going to happen. There are some wives, perhaps, who have never prayed over their husbands. Well, I'm holding you accountable. I'm speaking it in front of both of you, perhaps, this morning. Would you do that? This week, if no one else, I want you to pray over your husband or your wife. Ask God's blessing on them. It might be a child. I want you to, to pray. If, if you have children at home, I want you to, I want you to, to pray over them. And it, again, it's going to be awkward at first. You're going to go, oh, I can't believe you're telling me to do this. Well, listen, it's going to be tr- life transforming. It's going to be family transforming when you start doing this. 
It's going to be so awkward. Some of you are going to feel so foolish, but I promise you that it's going to mean the world to the members of your family. It may feel a little bit awkward to them, but I want you to do this because it's going to change your home. Some of you have children that are away from Say, be, you're talking on the phone. Hey, before we say, can I just pray for you? And it's going to be silent. And then they're going to say, well, sure. Because almost everyone, uh, very few people will ever say, no, don't pray for me. But can I ask God's blessing over you? Sure. Lord, I thank you for my son, my daughter, my grandchild. I thank you for my friend. I thank you for the purposes that you have for their life. I thank you for the good things that you're going to do in them and through them. I ask your blessing on them today. You're going to go to someone's home, and you're going to be there, and you're going to have coffee. Before you leave, just say, you know what, can I ask God's blessing on your home before I leave? Oh, it's going to be so awkward. You're going to visit someone, perhaps in their, in their business, and you're going to say, can I pray for you before you do that? So that's the first assignment. Someone, someone, ask God, someone close to you, ask God's blessing on them. That's challenging, yeah. You think that's challenging? Here's number two. Bless someone who has persecuted you or who has hurt you. Bless them. If you can, do it. Call them up and say, "Hey, listen. Can I? You know, um, can I just ask God's blessing?" And you're, you're, and, and boy, it's going to get silent. And they might even hang up. And if they do or they won't get with you, that's fine. Then I, I still want you to do this. Spend some time praying for them and say, God, would you, your blessing be, may, may they know you in a greater way. May you do a powerful work in their heart. May you bless the work of their hand this week. May you bless their family this week. And here's what's going to happen. God's going to do a work in your heart. I've found this. You can't do a lot about other people, but you can through the power of the Holy Spirit, do a lot of work in your own heart. So, an assignment for you this week. Homework. Bless that wonderful, powerful tool that God has given you. No longer, no longer use it as a vehicle by which you curse people, but rather use it as a way in which you can bless people. That wonderful thing that God has given you, there's power, the power of life and death in, a, in your tongue. Use it to bless someone this week. So now, I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. This morning, before we conclude, before we leave, I'd like you to stand, please, and I want to pray for you. I mentioned earlier that in the book of Numbers chapter 6, God spoke to Moses and said, this, this is what you are to say over the people. This is what the priests are to say over the people. Again, for some of you who come from a liturgical background, this is going to be very, very common. But as your pastor... Maybe you're visiting to here, to here today, but you're here, and you're not here by accident. As a pastor praying over you, 
I'd like to pray this blessing over you. Would you bow your heads, please? And would you do this as well? Would you take your hands, and again, as we did just a few weeks ago, receive the blessing. With your hands extended like this, would you just receive this blessing as I pray it over you? Bow your heads with me, please. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May our Lord make His face to shine upon you. And may He be gracious to you. May our Lord turn His face toward you. Regardless of what you're going through, may He give you peace. This I pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who gave Himself to you so that you and I might receive the greatest blessing we could ever receive. Living relationship with Him now and eternity with Him forever. May you go in this blessing. Amen. God bless you richly.